Hey, this is How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. I'm your host, Luke Fagenbush, and I'm here in studio with, uh... Lauren Hutton. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're on Zoom like everyone else. <laughs> this is a podcast where we talk about bombing on stage. We interview different performers about how they, they messed up and, and bit it big. Yeah, and uh, our first guy. Listen, when we started this podcast, a name came to mind. Two names actually. One of them was Chris Sieber. Yes, and uh, he had such a big bob that I feel like when we mentioned the podcast, everybody's like, "You made this for Chris Sieber, right?" I, I didn't want to ask him about it. Like, I wanted to have him on the show, but I didn't want to just, like, within the first five minutes of the episode, be like, hey, man, you know, you know what we want to hear. Like, tell us about it. And and so I tried to, like, sneak my way into the conversation. It's a generic question. Yeah. You know, I've asked many of our guests, when we asked you to be on this show, I'm sure that there was one particular bomb that popped into your mind, and I was hoping. And he... 100% owned it. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I think he even asked straight up, like, why do you think I'm here? Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, who'd he bomb in front of? Uh, well, it, it, anyone that has been even a mild fan of comedy in the last 15 years knows the name Cat Williams. And that is yes. who Chris opened for. And that is who... That's... <laughs> It was Cat Williams' audience that booed him off stage. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't even want to belabor it. Let, let's get right to it. Chris Seamer is a lovely guy. He's fantastic. He is one of the... Uh, I'm struggling coming up with a number that is, isn't number one comedian in the scene because people will get butt hurt. Right. But he's top three <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> He might even be two of the top three, if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here is Chris Seamer. Fucking perfect. Ah. I mean, how, how fucking hard can it be? We're going to have a conversation and distribute it to the world. Yeah, it's yeah, that there easy. There we go. I'm always shocked when people are like, how do you start a podcast? And I'm like, it's super easy. You just have to have <laughs> a brain and a phone. Oh, don't be a, don't fucking flex on me like that, Lauren. I've, I've <laughs> tried recording a podcast last summer. I've gotten like five episodes in the can and nothing to do. Nothing, nowhere else. Are you for real? <laughs> you should have hollered I, at I, me, I got man. I've them already done. And I just never, I don't know how to edit and do shit. To, I, I don't have, I, I work in IT, by the way. It's very, very you work in IT. <laughs> yeah. I only work in IT. I went to school for computers because of my family. I was the only person who could set the time on or the clock on a VCR. For so real. So why not go into computer work, right? Of That's, course. Yeah. <laughs> I have a mind for this stuff. <laughs> well, if it's any comfort, our route was taking five episodes and then not releasing them and lo losing them on the cloud. And yeah. then, so you're you're about where we were. I'd kind of like to lose the ones that I have because <laughs> thinking that I'm like. What a fucking tool jar. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll have... I, I, Lauren, you've been doing this for a while. Maybe what I'll have to do is like have, 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 have you take a look here. See yeah, man, for real. I wish you would have hollered at me sooner, man. Like It's it's not that complicated. It really no, is. No, I know. It's not. I just need to learn how to edit. That's it. Yeah, it's super simple. Super, super simple. Um, 
So, but yeah, man, like, wait, wait, okay. Chris, I've, I've known you for, for several years now. Yeah. And I have no idea. Are your parents alive? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I got pretty young parents, dude. My, my mom and dad, my, my mom was only 16 when she had me. For real? Yeah, so, I mean, they're doing, they're still pretty young. That's awesome. My dad awesome. was only 20. Uh, so my dad was 20, my mom was 16. Do the math. <laughs> when that's part of your origin story, it's never bizarre. You know, it took me it took me until last year to actually come to grips with the fact that I'm a rape baby. Oh <laughs> on paper. Only on paper, you know, strictly speaking. Yeah, statutory rape baby. That's that's an important distinction. Those are less bitter, I think. <laughs> the other ones come out angry at the world. <laughs> well, I'm I'm definitely that friend. <laughs> also, I'm glad that was your answer, Lauren. You fucking rolled the dice with that question. I had a feeling. <laughs> your parents still alive? I had a feeling. Nope, let's move on. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude, like, for that as an origin story, I, like, okay, wh wh how old were you when you started doing comedy? I was just, look, I was working this out last night, actually. I did a show up at Go Bananas, and um, I kind of went back and did some old stuff regarding my divorce. I started doing comedy roughly eight and a half years ago now. Okay. Um, right after my wife left me for my best friend, one of the groomsmen of a wedding. Yeah, that's right, uh, that's right. My wife and I are over, and then she starts with dating my my oldest one of my oldest best friends well i lost all my friends too then right that, right. that whole group i gotta go so i started doing stand-up um first time i did it was out in la actually in hollywood i did an open mic out there were and, you living uh, there or were you just visiting no i was visiting a friend out there for like a week oh okay right and, on. Uh, yeah yeah and then we went to i thought maybe i should do it and went to hollywood did a you know did a couple open mics and they were fucking atrocious i was atrocious yeah I, I like that you picked the most brutal city to start doing comedy in. you're like oh the bar's so much higher here let's go <laughs> right a lot of people start doing comedy in la that's not really unique what happens but a lot of people live out there dude yeah. you know and a lot of people go to la to be actors actresses and then they with their acting coach tells them you should go try stand-up comedy to try and get into you know to be in on stage and connecting with things and you know they're they're not very good you gotta want it <laughs> you have to want to be really good at stand-up you have to just want to do you know stand-up yeah. specifically yeah. now there's podcasts and there's other avenues that go off of that but you're not going to get most of those opportunities unless you're a really really good hard-working stand-up from in most cases some people skip the line and become actors actresses whatever but maybe then they they're stand-up suffers in a lot of ways in that regard right I want to do i guess so I, I don't know in the beginning i had grand illusions of what was possible and you know like i said i did my first mic in uh in in hollywood i'm thinking oh well fuck i'm hilarious obviously <laughs> let me go on back to cincinnati and uh go to this go bananas comedy club i've heard of and i'll just put cincinnati on the map for the first time ever <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking fool <laughs> let me help you guys out do your open mic <laughs> it's the wednesday pro am and at this point you know first time my fucking family has gotten to see me so um it's i had like 30 or 40 people there for me on my first time 
Holy nice. shit. <laughs> Solid crowd. We had a full room. Like, we had a really full room. Yeah. Um, I think that was, like, one of Alex Schubert's first sets, too. Was He was on the same show with me. Um, got to know Gabe real well. But, you know, I'm thinking... Oh, I'm gonna fucking crush this. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna knock it in the park. And then, and, and, you know, I had a decent set, but it was a lot to do with my fucking whole family being there and shit. Right, yeah. right. You, you brought half the crowd. Jeff Tate closed that show. I'm in the back of the room going, "What the fuck? This has been in Cincinnati this whole time." This- yeah. <laughs> so I, immediately, I got a real dose of reality and a good vision of what we have here in Cincinnati. And uh, from that point on. I think every weekend I was at least at one, probably two or three of the shows going on that weekend, just hanging out. Yeah. No one fucking knew me. They knew me just well enough at the door that I wouldn't, that I didn't have to pay most times. There you go. But no one, you know, no one really cared about, cared for me all that much, but I got to know um, Tina Vice, who used to work there at the club as a server, as a waitress. I, I got to know her from just being in there and being polite. You know, it's the same shit we tell every new comic. Stay out of the way, be polite, be good to people, act, you know, act appropriately. Right. Poop up right. your manners. So <laughs> after that, you know, got to know some people. And, well, that's home. Go Bananas, home base, baby. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's got the banana tattoo. Got the Go tattoo. Bananas tattoo. That's right. Hell yeah. If I wasn't afraid of needles, I would have that across my dick right now. <laughs> yeah. One needle is one thing. That's a bunch of needles, babe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Tattoos are terrifying. How many do you uh, have? What? How many tattoos do you have, Chris? I got this one in July. Okay. I'm, I'm almost 38 years old. <laughs> and that was my second tattoo. My first one I got when I was 18. Oh, boy. I, uh, I can't wait to see this. I went to a tattoo parlor uh, in Bethel, Ohio. Oh, I'm familiar with Bethel. Not a good start. No. Um <laughs> And I asked the gentleman, I'll use that term loosely, I said, uh, could I get a gargoyle? Not a good start either. <laughs> and he, uh, <laughs> I don't like gargoyles. What the fuck do I want that for? <laughs> he takes that request and he snorted the longest line of Oxycontin you've ever seen anyone snort. Wait, this was in a tattoo parlor, right? You didn't just go to some guy's shed? <laughs> Well, if you do tattoos in a shed, it's a tattoo parlor. It just happens to be a shed. Right, right. <laughs> Wherever that gun yeah, is, that's baby. All it takes. Yeah, he started this big long line of Oxycontin. He's like, how about this fucking demon? I said, perfect, I'll take the demon. So what I really have is a demon, but it looks like Batman crying. <laughs> <laughs> it really oh does. It totally does. <laughs> yeah. And and here's the thing too. I'm getting another tattoo in a week from today, actually. Um and I'm, I, I, I hate to tell you what I'm getting because I fucking don't want anyone else to get this shit. If someone else comes out with this, gets this fucking tattoo, so help me Christ. <laughs> okay. I'm just getting ha 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 tattooed on my funny bone. Oh. <laughs> but I don't want it to look like I looked up t- like ha ha tattoos on the internet, right. and all you see is those tattoos from the fucking Joker. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't want another Batman tattoo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got the first one on accident. It ruined me for tattoos for twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eighteen years. Really, it was eighteen years in between the two. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Ah. Uh. So, I'm sure that whenever we told you the gist of this podcast, you know, there were there were a few shows that just popped into your head as far as like, oh, okay, we're doing a podcast about bombing. What What's the one that immediately jumped to the forefront of your brain? 
I mean, did you really have to ask? I think you guys both know what I'm going to say. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but for the audience, you, you tell us what you want. And here's the re- and, and I and I don't want to sound I'm not I don't want to sound like a, a dildo here, but when you talk about bombing, because we've seen people really fucking eat it hard. Oh yeah, yeah. And we and we, we all, we've also heard people say, "Oh, I fucking murdered. Oh, I killed him." Yep. Yeah. Well, I saw the show. <laughs> the idea of murder. You're out. Right. Right. <laughs> For you, you murdered. You did good. That's the best I've seen you do. Good job. Exactly. <laughs> well, I haven't. So I haven't had a whole lot of. Luckily, I have. I've had shows where certainly didn't go great. Yeah. Um, but shows where you talk about eating the fucking bar and just like fucking biffing so hard. No, the kind of thing where like, because I hear, I hear people all the time like, oh, they fucking hated me. They wanted to chase. They wanted to beat me up after the show. I've never gotten that. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've, I've certainly pissed people off. I, I've cussed people out from the stage. I called my mom a bitch from stage one time. You did? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, she got whiskey drunk during the show, and I had to chew her ass out. <laughs> so how did the audience respond to you calling your mom a bitch? You're like, this is just between us, y'all, but calm down. They gave me an ovation because she was ruining the show. <laughs> so 200 people agreed with you? <laughs> Yeah, your mom is a bitch. It was a full room with more thirty. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but you know, if you talk about a true bombing, yeah, and I mean one that like you still feel for years later, right? Um. That's that's got to be the story of my first opening gig, the first time I ever opened for um, a professional comedian, um, and. This was way. You talk about someone jumping the fucking line. I mean, this is. I, I shouldn't have gotten this. I shouldn't right. have gotten this. Um, I was a year and a half into doing stand up. Yeah, dude, that's super soon. Yeah, I was. I was uh, between a year and a half and two years. I was right at that mark, but I hadn't. I hadn't opened at the Funny Bones for anybody. I hadn't opened at Go Bananas for anybody at this point. And a matter of fact, I was still, in every sense of the word, outside of a bar show, I was really an open micer. No clubs were giving me. Paid work. Right. Um, yeah. And then so I got a put... call from uh, Cat Williams' road manager. <laughs> what? On a, on, a, <laughs> on a Thursday. It said, uh, Cat Williams is in town tomorrow night. He needs an opener. Oh, my so God. I had a day. Yeah. To, to figure out that I was opening for possibly the biggest act of our time. One of the biggest acts of our time, for sure. Yeah. yeah. In uh, U.S. Bank Arena, where I watched Hulk Hogan wrestle as a kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> in front of roughly 5,000 people. I don't know what their max is there, but it was about half the state. Half the state. It, was, it was a big fucking crowd. Jesus. How do you think he got your name? If you weren't, like, working any other gigs that were like that, like... Uh, well, I'll tell you. Um, he, I was doing... Predominantly at that point, I was doing mostly bar shows, right. and the the bulk of the bar shows I was doing uh, were were urban rooms, were ran by by black comics, and I was just I was even dirtier then than I am now, but I was brash and I was like really convinced of what I was saying, which is really the, the biggest the biggest obstacle to get over in an urban audience. They better fucking believe you, and you better be you better you better believe your own shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you don't, they're gonna fucking eat you alive. Now that's most audiences. That's most audiences, but. At the at the at the more urban shows, they're gonna let you fucking know if you ain't no good. Right. They'll jingle mm. their they'll jiggle their keys and shit. I've been a part of some shows at the, uh, uh, many years ago at the Newport Funny Bone where 
it was not necessarily encouraged to boo people if they weren't good, but the host said, yeah, if they ain't shit, they ain't shit. Let them know. <laughs> and, and actually that, it was, it was, it was actually that woman that ran that show that got me the show. Okay. When this was the year after Cat Williams was here and got booed off stage at the Taft theater. And you know, guys, you guys know Cat's from here. Yeah. Yeah. He's from Abigail. Yeah. And, um, he'd gotten booed off stage the year before at the Taft theater, I believe. And like, it was a or a, a UC, I don't know, right here, Cincy. So this year he's come back and he said, I want a woman and I want a white boy. <laughs> <laughs> so they got their woman and uh, she said, I got your white boy. And at this point, you know, she, she no one was setting me up here. Um, you know, she, she thought this motherfucker does these shows. He handles himself real well. This is going to fit the bill. This is yeah. going to be great. And in my mind, I'm like, this is how the fucking nation gets to know Chris Seamer, right? I'm yeah. I'm walking around like the cocks walk, fucking ten feet tall and bulletproof, right? And I mean, I'm I'm just I get I, like I said, dude, I watched Hulk Hogan wrestle there when I was a kid, right? Warrior, <laughs> rest in peace. And um, I pull into the, you know the private uh, secure parking area, and I got my own entrance to the back of the Coliseum. I got my own fucking. Uh, big ass dressing room with showers and there's cheese and assortment of drinks. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and I walk in there going, a little tear in my eye. Chris fucking made it. Chris right. motherfucking made it. Woo! Good. Woo! <laughs> Mind you, I had friends come to the show. Of, you know, I got 24 hours. Yo, I'm opening for Cat Williams. Some friends get tickets at 100 bucks a pop on the floor. Um, and uh, they and so they and I'm talking like the. Like the the little girl running security in the back, like just check me out. Wait till you see. Yeah. Wait till you see. Name's Chris. Wait till you see this. <laughs> My name's Chris. Wait till you see this. She was very kind when I came back off stage. Because <laughs> she heard what happened, and I'm gonna tell you something. That's the only time that I've ever been booed. But they, so yeah, let me, let me, let's do here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the setup. I was supposed to do 15 minutes right. in front of 5,000 fucking people. Right. And I wasn't even yeah. the first, by the way. I, I wasn't even the first one to go up. Um, Judy Brown from Cincinnati is the one that first went up. She's the one that got me the show. Oh, okay. She used to run a show down Newport Funny Bone, uh, Laugh Out Loud Wednesdays, I believe, where it was the show I was telling you about. Now, she goes up, does great, does great. Um, and then I went up, and uh, I was supposed to do 15 minutes for $300. Um, and I, and I, and I, at that point I was wearing like designer jeans, dress shoes, <laughs> button up shirt, suit jacket, Right. Uh, not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know this, but I, I did, I would do a show like a couple of years after that. And, uh, I didn't realize that we were in the green room. I was with, uh, with another like, black comic here at Cincinnati, his big boo man. And he was like, man, don't you just love it when you see white boys wearing dress shoes with jeans? And he didn't know that's what I was fucking wearing right there. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I'm wearing that, right? So I look corny as fuck. Yeah. So I walk out, and they had, like, smoke machines and shit. I mean, it's a big fucking production for a Cat Williams show. It's, 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 it's you know, like a, a, like a rock show or something like that. There's a, there's a hip-hop DJ, big fucking backdrop. Yeah. Yep. yep. Smoke machines going right. <laughs> so I come out on stage, and the first thing I say is, you know, how you doing, everybody? Oh, look at all this smoke out here. You'd think Cat's dressing room must be under the stage. And they laughed good. exactly as much as you fucking did. <laughs> Not at all. 
Not at all. I would I would almost say they were offended by my choice of words. Like, His name's on the ticket, not yours. <laughs> Well, that's not a bad line. You'd it's think that not. would do well in a club setting or anything. I thought it was a decent line, and I thought you dickheads would laugh, but both of you just fucking stone-cold-faced me. <laughs> we talked about it beforehand. That was totally planned. Uh- <laughs> Good. Let's blank this motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> so um, from there, I started going into the act, and at that point, my act was really heavy about my divorce, and I'd said something about my ex-wife being a trifling, adulterous whore. Right. Got nothing again. <laughs> now I'm starting to scramble. Like, well, fuck, is she out there? Is, is one of these- <laughs> she talked to all 2,000 of these people. Yeah. That's what I... Yeah. <laughs> so I keep trying to go. I keep trying to go. I, I they, they booed me off stage in about five minutes. Ooh. And um, and listen, I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard a boo come your way before when you're on stage. It ain't fun. No. Nope. It really ain't. But, no. But there's something almost comical about 5,000 booze coming your way. <laughs> if you're in a bar, if let's say we're at, uh, at, at, at Luke's Open Mic at Millions. If we're in a bar, there's mm. 30 people in there, and four, and even maybe one of them boos you. That hurts. Yeah. Dagger that, in but, the heart. You're, you're, you're identifying where that's coming from. Yeah. Even if, even if all 30 of them boo. It's, it's like I fucking see every one of you. Yeah, you can look at the eyes. Five thousand people boo you, <laughs> and in unison. And I mean, it, it starts right. So it's like it comes on real fast. There's one here, two there, five there, twenty there. You know, it's just it's like that scene. It's like backdraft or that scene in Game of Thrones where the wildfire catches it. Just like my woof. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt my hair move a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a I got a bottle of water and I started shaking. The water started shaking out of the bottle, and they fucking just let me have it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got him down. Let's kick him. (laughs) Oh yeah, stomp his fucking teeth out. Oh my god. By the way, like three days before that, my house had gotten robbed. Like my we had a home invasion at my place. But I was at a show, came home, cops were there. They had telling me they had tied my roommate and his girlfriend up and pistol whipped him and robbed the house. Oh my oh, god! Shit. Luckily, I was at a show, <laughs> <laughs> so they did have some questions for me because, well, you weren't here. That's convenient. Yeah, right, yeah. right. <laughs> when my, I went. They, did they take anything from me? They didn't take anything from me. So I walked in my room and kicked a hole in my TV. Like, oh, they ruined my TV. <laughs> Ransacked the place. <laughs> well, so after that. But my head was already on spin, so like when I got the call from the from his from his manager, I honestly thought someone took some personal information from me in the house and knew I was a comic and I was fucking with me. Oh. Like, I was like, oh fuck you, dude. I don't know who you are, but this isn't a funny joke. And he's like, my name is Mark Williams. I'm Cat Williams' road manager. And I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I got robbed the other day at home. I, I, I thought someone was fucking with me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just coming out of an interrogation, so I'm a, I'm a little bit suspicious. <laughs> I mean, honestly, and this is this this this, this ain't going to play well. But I mean, knowing what I know now, I sure. Oh, well, he wasn't kidding. It's not going to play well because his video just froze. Yeah, it literally didn't play well. <laughs> it's all right. As soon as You're you back. said it, You're it's back. not going to play well. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking booed me so good, man, and like. At that point, I was like, oh, shit, okay, I'll see y'all later. 
and I can kind of see like, you know, a lot of times you think, oh, I've got to do my time, right? I've got to yeah. do, in that moment, no. Because what they, they, those folks wanted to boost somebody. They got all riled up. By the time Cat hit the stage, they were on fucking fire for him, dude. It couldn't have been a better show. They, those folks that went to that show that night, they had a great fucking time. They really did have a great time. They, they got to uh, hear a local person that they liked represent their neighborhood. They yeah. got to boo some white men on stage. <laughs> and they got to see their, they got to see their boy. Yeah. And it, was a, it was a great show. It really was. <laughs> Not so much for me. but I. <laughs> yeah. So I get off the stage. I, I've spilt water all over my shirt at this point. Um, <clears throat> I, go back, I go back and I, I like, I'm, I'm in my dressing room. I'm like, this, I, can't, I don't deserve this fucking cheese. I don't deserve any of these drinks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I packed up all my shit and I left, dude. I left. I walked back out into the main room while Cat was on stage and they brought him, they just brought him up. He's like, what the fuck is going on, Cincinnati? You have already booed the white man off stage. What the fuck is happening? And I'm on the other side going, they sure did, Cat. Oh, they booed <laughs> I mean, it's a great fucking story. Um, so then I go back. Like I said, I got all my shit. I pack up my, my my dressing room, and I'm getting ready to roll out. And I, I go to walk past that little security girl in the back. She's just like, have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Oh, you weren't out there. boy. <laughs> so, I, I uh, you know, I, I left that show. While Cat was on stage, I left and uh, went to another show down in Latonia in front of about 11 people. Did pretty good. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's, I was about to say, how long before you do comedy again after that? But just immediately. 15 that minutes, roughly. Now, yeah. I did almost drive my car off the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I went, I did, I did another show immediately. Which anytime I've ever told like a pro comic this story, I remember I was telling Rob Hayes this story. He's a comic from New, down in New York, LA, Atlanta. Really funny guy. I did a show with him a couple of years ago. And I told him the story. He's like, damn, man, when's the next time you go on stage? I said, I left immediately when did another set. He's like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's a serious flex. I was very flex. new then. I was really naive. I, 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 in, my point, in my mind, I was like, well, this was supposed to happen at some point. Why not on the grandest stage of them all? Right. And uh, to me, it was just like, it was almost laughable because it still wasn't real. You know, it, it, the next few days were kind of tough on me. Yeah. <laughs> Look at it now, eight and a half years in, if that happened to me today, I, I may never get back on stage again. You know, they're, they're, the ego would, have been, would be crushed. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you're almost lucky it happened so soon after you started, like a year and a half in, to put it into perspective, like people host or, or people do two or three years of comedy before they start hosting a lot of the time. Right. That's in a club, not a fucking. Yeah. Exactly. For maybe 50, hundred people. Maybe. I mean, it's a crazy fucking story. If you, if you look at this, I'd only been doing it about two years. I started right after me and my wife split up. If you look at that roughly two, two and a half years before that night, I was at home married watching his latest special. That's crazy. Oh yeah, dude. That's so weird. It's at that point, I had no idea I'd ever do stand up at all. Right. So, you know, very short time later, I'm working with this guy. He couldn't have been nicer. He was so, so sweet to, to me. Um, uh, you know, that was when people were talking about, oh, he was on drugs, this, that, or the other. Maybe that's not what I fucking saw. Really? I saw him before the show. I met him. 
I told you I was supposed to get three hundred dollars. He immediately gives me five hundred right away. For real? I got three fifty extra the next day. For real? For for yeah. doing a third of my time, I got three fifty money. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Yeah, for five minutes, that's not bad. The guy, like I said, the guy couldn't have been nicer. I meet him. He's talking to me, um, being very sweet. I told him my house got robbed. He's like, well, you fucking needed this shit then. <laughs> and he, uh, he is at, he's shorter than you even, even think. Like, he came up to about my shoulder. I got, I got a picture. I'll send it to you guys. I got a picture of us together. Um, he was just walking around his green room, kind of hands um, sort of clasped behind his back, walking around, smoking a cigarette, getting his shit together. His mom was there. Yeah, he was. Uh, he couldn't have been more kind and most more uh, professional. It, it, it looked like a fucking honed-in serial killer. This guy was just <laughs> knew he was about to go out there and fucking lay waste, and he knew. And he had. You could see the kind of. I guess I don't. I, I guess pressure is sort of the word, but the pressure that he put on himself to do well. Yeah, yeah. After yeah. Before he didn't didn't have a great show in there, and this is you know this is where he was this is where he comes from. Yeah, it's hometown. He cares about his audience. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, at at that point, you know, I got a great fucking story that I you know at that like you said I I hadn't opened at the club yet. So that was a Friday. That Sunday night, I went up to um, go bananas, and. uh you know the biggest name. All of our our biggest names that may, maybe were gone by the time you guys even started were there. We were hanging out, having some drinks, and I told uh, Mike Cody and all these guys the story. Uh, do, do you know Mike Cody? Yeah, yeah. N- okay, cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I do I, not. I have, I have a ton of respect for Mike, and I always have. So, like, I'm telling him this story, and I and you know, and I'm telling it in a way where it's like, oh, you know, this. These sort of things are going to happen to all of us more than likely. Right. Uh, this is this. I, I'm okay. And uh, I remember Mike said, "Well, I think, I think you're a stand-up comedian." And just him <laughs> saying that to me, like, it was the biggest. That meant the, the that one meant so much more to me. Just like being accepted by those guys that I just I just knew and loved and, and respected so much and looked up to, that to have any kind of validation from them meant the world to me. Absolutely, man. So. That was I, that would have been in like October ish. I think it must have been two or three weeks after that that I got my first hosting week at Go Bananas. Oh, that's that awesome! Was, yeah, and that was and all that played into that. You know, yeah. all that played because I was again I was very dirty then to open a show being the way I was. It's it's not it's kind of a risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is and, and I'll tell you something. This this means the most to me, and, and very few people have heard this probably, but. I am one of the only people I know of. Mikey, you guys know Mikey Kurtz, the mm-hmm. manager at Go yep. Bananas. I love that guy. I love him like like he's family. Um, a lot of a lot of the younger comics don't see as much of him these days. He's he's up in the office a lot more. He doesn't. He's he's just he's got a different relationship to it now too. And he, you know he's been at it for almost thirty fucking years up there at the club. Right. Twenty or something. Like That's a long goddamn time. It's a lo- enough time yeah. to to lose to lose the luster for being maniacs in the back of the club all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's always yeah. going to be a new crew doing that. So I'm one of the only people that I'm aware of that Mikey came down and, and like, I was supposed to do a showcase, like a Best of Cincy showcase, and they were, they wanted, they, like, they, Cronin, Mike Cronin said, you're going to host it. And I said, I don't want to fucking host, man. I, I just wanted to do a set. 
And he said, okay, you go first, and we'll just do a piggyback. Perfect, perfect. And then um, Mikey came down. He said, no, I want you to host. I want to make sure that you're, that you're – I'm going to get a look at you, make sure you're ready to go. We want to get you a, a hosting weekend. Oh, my God, dude, are you kidding? Right. Now, at that point, Mikey, still, Mikey wasn't going out looking for hosts. He would book maybe – he was always booking the headliner at that point, but I think at that point, Gabe Kia was booking most of the features and, and certainly all the hosts. Yeah. That's how it worked for as long as I've been there. Yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of folks, I, I'm, it was, it was, it was risky to take a chance on me opening up a show. Cause I, if I don't open well, the show could be on the skits from the get go. Right. Um, and, uh, but Mikey at that point, I didn't, been coming around so much mikey got to know me and he was like i want to get you up there and what a big deal that was a big fucking deal for me um so what was the mikey came to me and, and gave me that that was that was a real important thing to me right what was the difference in feeling between getting cat williams like something bigger that most of the big names at go bananas even would kill for versus being asked to host at go bananas how do you weigh that against each other um, I think even in that moment, I knew that the Cat Williams thing was a, a freak occurrence, uh, even when I got it. Now, after it went not so great, <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to be getting those, that those opportunities were going to be few and far between. I, I saw that now. Yeah. I, and, I, and I also saw that being in the club and working with folks like that might get you a different opportunity to actually maybe work with people again and again. But I also, I also knew that the work, the career starts in the club. It doesn't start with by opening for someone at a at a stadium where no one's gonna fucking remember you. Luckily, no one fucking remembers. Yeah. <laughs> that was never gonna be the start to any sort of long lasting, meaningful career doing yeah. this. The club is where it's at. The club at that point was already my sort of home base of what I thought stand-up comedy should be and how comics should act and how uh, a comedy community should act around each other. Um, by that point, when I finally got that nod, it meant maybe, I think more to me. You know, like in the, in, the, in the run of things now, I've certainly made more money working at, at the club than I did in that one night. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, and, and I've made countless relationships of people that are important. Um, Sean Patton was at the club this weekend. I know Sean. Oh, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. He's one of the first comics that I that I opened for. So uh, he was the third person that I hosted for at Go Bananas. So I've got a personal relationship with this guy. When when I was in Detroit last year, I went and linked up with him in Ann Arbor. He gave me a guest set. Like, we know each other. He, he let me do a set last night on the show. Nice. On the late show. That was yeah. great. I was one of only three Cincinnati guys that got to do a set. It was me, Jeff Tate, and Dave Wade. That's pretty good fucking company. Yeah, yeah. dude. That's a bomb show like oh my god <laughs> talk myself out of the set i was like hey i guys i don't have to do a set i know that you, you got other people here and cypher sounds on the show he's a really great dj and great comic and he was like hey hey whoa are you talking yourself out of a set right now <laughs> so much fucking work that you don't need this yeah, yeah you get that imposter syndrome like it was this is not my beautiful show like right <laughs> It was a little bit, but ended up having a real good set and just had a, a real fun night. I mean, that that to me, look, I, I know Chad Daniels personally. He knows me. Like, these are guys that we know each other. We have a good time whenever they're in town. I've met so many more people at the club system than I would have just doing that shit. Yeah, you know for what sure. I mean? And 
Great, yeah. It was a great opportunity. Maybe the maybe one of the most fantastic stories I'll ever have to tell anybody. <clears throat> and and the best part about that shit is, you know, there is no end to that story. Really, I'm still doing this shit. That didn't kill me. Yeah. It it yeah. I mean, in all honesty, it should have. Yeah. I think if that happened to anyone else at any other time, they they would have been like, ah, that's too much. I couldn't do that again. Yeah. That would break me. Yeah. My ego <laughs> can't handle that shit over and over again. No kidding, man. How, how many opportunities do you have to get 2,000 people to all say, we don't like you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We saw what you had and nope. Yeah. Not many, I'll tell you that. They don't come often. Yeah, Yeah, but but then the 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 fact of the matter is, the Gomez and I was it was bigger. That was that was me getting a a nod or unity and my peers that say we believe that you can do this. We think that you're a worthwhile comic, and um, I, I think that has ultimately been much better for my comedy career. Right. And how, how many years later is this? That happened like seven years because you do it That happened year. October of 2014. So I guess I was actually just, I was, like, I was like two and a half years in. I'm sorry. But I, well, I still hadn't hosted anywhere. Right, yeah. Yeah, but you come to today and that's that's a short amount of time when it comes to comedy. It really. It, it takes a while. And you I'd say you're one of the most booked comics at your level in Cincinnati. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, and one of the best. You, you honor sure. me, sir. You honor <laughs> me. I appreciate that. It's very kind of you to say. I'm, certainly, uh, some days are better than others. Um, <laughs> since we since we've come back from, or if we are even back, since this whole issue of the of the pandemic, I think I've gotten as much, if not more, booked work around than than any than than people at my level, uh, which is an honor. Yeah. I mean. It, um, some of those shows have gone better than others. I mean, my first shows back were headlining up at Wiley's in Dayton. Yikes, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Comedy for about four or five months, then see if you can do 40 minutes of it. Yeah! <laughs> oh, my God. I, my first time was five minutes in, and there was some rust getting shake, shaken off. I went 157 days, did five minutes. I was just glad I got all the words out. Yeah. But your first set was... 40 minutes, 40 minutes at Wiley's? Uh, 45, 50, something like that. But I think I think I ended up only having to be 40 because we had I gave some guest sets to some of the local guys and yeah. why yeah. not? Smart move. <laughs> Smart move. Well, they all needed it. They all needed it too. And a lot of those guys work at that club just like you know, helping with tables or in the kitchen. I mean right. they're friends. Why not why not give them a fucking spot? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. And the crowds weren't exactly huge. I'm not a I'm not a huge draw anywhere I go. No one knows my name really. Um, and that was their first week or their second weekend open. The first weekend they did like all the local folks. Then that was their, that was their first weekend having like a headliner show. Right. Yeah. That was fine with me. So tough, but we started, we had people and it went well, it went well. It took some, um, some Cincy guys up with me too. Chris Weir, Josh Faust. I think maybe Phil went up one night too. I, know, I can't really remember, but I've done oh. since then too. You know, I've done the funny bone. I've done go bananas a handful of times. I've been very, very blessed. Like, I understand there's a lot of other fucking people that may not have gotten these opportunities that are dying to get back up on stage. Right. I totally, I, I'm, I totally get it, but I'm not fucking slowing down. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> As he drinks his Coors Light, I'm not slowing down. The Lord's Day, baby. <laughs> so what was the process like for you to shake off the rust? Was it you had one kind of awkward set and then you're done? Nice and clean? <laughs> no, I don't know, actually, because I think um, I did... I did a set at Andrew and Lee's house at like a little house party thing. Mm-hmm. I did that, which was like 10 minutes maybe, which was really just enough to like be in front of people with a microphone in my hand talking and have them looking at me and like, yeah. you know, saying something For that sure. doesn't fucking hit necessarily and not like melting down. It yep. was that. Yep. Yeah. That was it. That was the only thing I did. After that, I, that first, the first thing at Wiley's, you know, I'm, in the back of the room shitting myself watching my buddies go up and you know i'm just like i've got to do this at some point yeah <laughs> yeah time. and um i think I, at that point i i remember in my head going don't don't put too much on this you know you want to do well but keep your fucking druthers about you don't panic yeah go up there recognize the fact that you know what you're doing despite the fact that a million times you try to talk yourself out of having that knowledge like you know all the time i'm trying to tell myself you don't you don't belong up here you're not that good and i'm and maybe i'm not but i figure it out I, I i managed to get through it and that 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 was the first time i ever actually like did uh, crowd work i've never done crowd work but i fucking knew i had to <laughs> <laughs> i'm starting out a set after we've all been stuck inside for how many months i gotta address that shit yeah Yes. Jokes about it. Yeah. Just talk and see where it goes. <laughs> Dude, that's something I've noticed. It's everything going on is so crazy. If you don't at least mention it, it's gonna be an elephant in the room. It seems like you're being disingenuous. Like, well, I can't trust anything you're saying if this hasn't affected you at all. Yeah. You know. And I, like I said, I didn't have a whole lot of jokes about it, but I had some things to say. And the shows, all in all, went really well. I was really, I was really proud of them. And. I was proud just to be able to, to, to honestly, to cross over the finish line. Yeah. First place mm-hmm. or whatever, I finished the race. I didn't, I didn't know that I could. Yeah. When you're in that moment, man, you just got to feel like you're really trying to test yourself. <laughs> I love that. Uh, every time you take yeah. a drink of Coors Light <laughs> after you make a point, it just hits home so much more. I'm nothing if not yeah. poignant. <laughs> Yeah, I want our listeners to get the same feeling where it's like you you throw it back and you're like, fuck yeah, but with a can of Coors Light. Uh, perfect. Yes. There we go. That's the punctuation we needed on that. You know, back to that Cat Williams story, though, I mean, I, the best part about that shit is that it didn't fucking ruin me. That's the, that, I mean, I got a lot of pride about that, that. I kept going on and I've gotten to a place where I, I, I've got some respect garnered by my peers. And I, I, I got a pretty good reputation of being able to do, you know, hold a room. Yeah. Despite how yeah. crazy that fucking room is. <laughs> You've Sometimes seen worse. the more crazy I'm, I even flourish even more. Dude, do you have <laughs> any idea how many times I've looked up your feature set on YouTube just to watch you shut down when the room like the audience just starts to splinter away and the way that you pull them back in just like all right i need you and you to both shut the fuck up i'll buy you a beer after the show 
I, I, I've watched that moment so many times because it oh, I don't just, know. If I, know I, don't know the, I don't know the set you're talking about. It's on YouTube, huh? Yeah, dude. It's on your YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> they all run together. I don't watch a lot of my own stuff, believe it or not. I am a big fan of my own work, but I'm not, I haven't watched a lot of it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there's certainly been some good ones. Last night I got to do the show, like I said, and I, I ended up um, my I, my car got robbed the other day, and someone took my notebook out of it. Why? And, uh, Why would they take that of all things? <laughs> thought it was a fucking checkbook, but they they noticed oh. quickly that it wasn't. So they tossed that bitch out down about three blocks down the street. So someone emailed me and said, "Hey, I found your notebook down here, but all the set lists I had in it had fallen out." Oh. So I'm at the show last night. Got to do a set. Got to do ten minutes. After Sean Patton, by the way, I had to follow Sean. <laughs> Jesus. So Sean goes fuck up out. and basically just wrecks the parking lot. Yeah. And I got to go up after him. Fuck. Yep. <laughs> fuck. Um, but it, it went well. Uh, but I, I ended up going back and doing some of the old divorce stuff that, that I used to talk about. And I haven't really done the divorce stuff in a really long time. Didn't have it written down. Yeah. Just had to go there and fucking wing it. And. Not only was I winging it, I was doing it a different way than I'd ever done it before, right? I'm, I'm mishmashing parts of it to kind of make it fit into what I wanted it to be for this 10 minutes. Right. And it ended up going pretty well, like, on the fly. Now, when I got done with that chunk, I was only, like, at six and a half, seven minutes. I thought, well, fuck, I got to... <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to tell them about eating pussy from the back. <laughs> You said that thing about kind of thriving even when situations are kind of crazy. And I think that's one of them just shooting from the hip. Because when I've seen you before in just like rowdy bar shows, I really think that's when you're in your element. Because yeah. you walk on stage and you're like, I'm fucking here to party. I'm right here with you. Yeah. 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 Well, a lot of, I think a lot of comics get timid around those situations because they know those people are going to be hard to corral. Right. And... If, you're, if your style of comedy is to sit back and be sort of subtle about things or be very ultra smart, that ain't going to play well in a rowdy bar crowd with a, bunch of, like a honky-tonk with a bunch of hillbillies. No. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the language I speak, you know what I mean? I drop a little bit of extra twang in my voice when I'm there. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one that does that shit. <laughs> you're fucking right. Yeah. How do y'all? I put a little extra draw. I make my I elongate some of my vowels. Yeah, two drops of Kentucky. <laughs> that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Yeah, yeah but that's, and, and, but that's part go, of but, you. But we can go over to uh, Avondale and do a show. I'll be fine over there too, player. Yeah, yeah. I'll switch back up. <laughs> Chris, I freaking love you, baby. That's amazing. <laughs> but those those rooms... I, I see people get upset when people are being rowdy in a show. If they're not trying to fight, if they're not trying to, like, battle you on what you're saying, but they're just, like, you know, finishing your jokes for you or, right, or right. <laughs> re-saying your shit, um, typically what I like to do is is kind of acknowledge it, but rather than beat them down about it, I say kind of, yes, yes, and, and then try and pull them along and squash them a little bit so that, like, Hey, just so you know, I got it from now on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it, but I got it. This isn't a team lift. Like, I can handle no. this on my own. Yeah. And if, and if you need to, you can say something sweet like that. But most of the time, those, those folks, just, they're just happy to be, they feel like they're seeing something unique that they're experiencing. It's okay. I, I don't want to fucking step on that experience or that emote, that, that good feeling you're having. Yeah. 
Right. They're having a good time. Exactly. But, and, but you know, like, I can headline the clubs and do all that as well and, and hold that room as well. But a fucking bar, on those dirty bar shows, it'll teach you some shit. It'll also teach you <laughs> bad tricks if you're not careful, though, too. Ah, very true. Oh, yeah. Very true. You know, like, if, like in a bar show, you, you might say fuck way more than you would on a club show. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really... I don't really take a whole lot of accounting to any of that shit, but like, I'll notice that if I'm in a really rowdy bar show, I'll probably I'll notice it halfway through. I'm like, I'm saying fuck more than I need to, just for no <laughs> fucking reason. <laughs> I mean, fuck. <laughs> Let me get a drink of this fucking beer. <laughs> you get it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. baby. So uh, as we wind down to the end of it here, Chris, like what what uh, if if you had one final thought that you would want to shoot out to our audience, what would it be? Um, fuck. That's uh, your thought. Your thought is just the see F a word. Show, maybe. <laughs> I'm 37, a single. You know what I mean? I can't stay this way forever. Help me out. <laughs> All your fun. Yeah, all your female listeners, someone wipe me up before I touch forty, will you please? <laughs> I, I know, I know your boys have got just coos following you for days. <laughs> so many female listeners out there. Yeah, a lot of times we try and promote shows. On this one, we just fuck our boy Chris. Fuck that song. I don't have any look. I don't have any shows necessarily to promote. Nothing, the stuff that's been coming up has been coming up very, very quick. There's not, there's nothing on the calendar for a ways out. Really. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. We're lazy. I think I'm going to do the, uh, the open mic at the Louisville club next month. So yeah, <laughs> come out and see me. <laughs> no, here's what I'm going to say. Especially if you're someone in the Cincinnati area that somehow, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in the Cincinnati tri-state area and you haven't seen a comedy show, first of all, how the fuck did you find this podcast? Number one. Hey, man. <laughs> number one. But number two, get your ass out. Go see a show. Go see a show that you wouldn't normally see. And I'm not even just talking about stand-up comedy now, man. Like, we've got improv people in Cincinnati, I'm told. I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of them. But if that's your thing, go see it. <laughs> yeah, there's improv. We have great musicians in this city. There's local theater. There is so much in Cincinnati right now to appreciate. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if you watch the news or not, but LA's on fucking fire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. Yeah, and they need you now, especially. It's not been great for live shows for a bit. <laughs> 100%. But we've got. We've got some pretty decent outdoor opportunities that are happening right now. And that can yeah. only happen for another month or so. Right. Um, you know, you got Holmes and Billy are running that show over uh, next Five to Firefly Pizza. Yep. That's a yeah. fucking great outdoor show. The, the spot that they have for that is so picturesque. It's gorgeous. I did the first one and had a blast. Um, oh, yeah. That was Wayne's a lot of got, fun. Wayne's got a comedy at the Grotto at the Comet. That's really fun. Anything mm. that you see happening in the arts in fucking Cincinnati, go support that shit, man. If you got someone that's selling merch, to go support that shit. Buy buy some merch, man. I mean, whatever you can do to keep artistic people at the fucking table right now, right. it's harder than ever to do it. Right. Keep keep that shit going. Foster that shit and encourage that shit because. You know, I'm lucky that I have a, a day job that I, that affords me the opportunity to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, right. I'm also hindered in the way that I can't give the proper attention to just stand-up comedy because I got other fucking irons in the fire that I have to attend to. I just right. have to. You know, I'm not I'm not going to be so daft as to say, well, 
I can stop making, you know, having insurance and having a steady living. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. think about how many folks that we know that did that a year before all this shit happened. Yeah. Oh, that's depressing. I, I genuinely yeah. worry for our friends. So if you see a, an entertainer that's got anything going on, whatever fucking city you're in, uh, go fucking support that. Because, and I've said this before, local does not mean subpar. Just because someone is local does not mean they're not worth your time. Everyone started out local somewhere. Yeah. Right. Dude, very, very wise words. And he drinks his beer. And uh, that I think that's a perfect cap to put on this baby, man. Chris, Fucking thank it, you baby. so much for being on the show, man. All this right. was a blast. Thank you guys so- very much. I appreciate it, man. I can't wait to see you guys back in person and shit, man. I know we kind of tucked things a little bit here and there, but soon, man. Soon. Yeah, yeah.